This is Brian Sanders, and I'm out here in Cleveland with the photographer Jimmy Giannotti. That's the photography work that you're seeing on the blog. Uh, I'm out here to cover the GOP convention for the Tucson Weekly, and as part of Jimmy and I's new project, which is called American Babylon. You'll be hearing a lot more about that in the next few days. This recording, uh, all these recordings were done yesterday down at the GOP convention in Cleveland. And be forewarned, there is some rough language throughout here. Um, Basically, these recordings were done with individuals and then at the public square in downtown Cleveland. There's always a spot where all the different groups and uh, people and individuals that show up to these things kind of come together with all their divergent interests and behaviors. The uh, section in the middle here uh, needs some explaining. Basically, there's a bunch of guys. They, they, these guys are at every one of these rallies. They're not the same guys. There's, there's one of these, these types of groups in every uh, city, it seems now. Basically, they show up with a megaphone and a whole bunch of signs and a whole lot of hate, and they just troll everyone endlessly. They seem to have a beef uh, with everyone in America. They don't like immigrants. They don't like women. They don't like Muslims. They don't like gays. They don't like Mexicans. Uh, they, don't, they don't really like anybody, and I don't think they like themselves, but they like to perform, so they come out with their megaphones, and they troll away, and inevitably a whole big group of angry, progressive people surrounds them, and a big shouting match ensues, and that's what they want, so it's part of the performance. Um, so you're going to hear that. It's pretty disturbing. You're also going to hear a guy who is actually against those trolls who starts screaming at them a bunch of F-bombs, a slur that used to be popular to use for gay people, which is no longer popular, thankfully. Anyway, just before Warren, there's some rough stuff in here. There will be a listing on the Tucson Weekly website uh, of the people that I talked to. I'll also be releasing a full version of the interview I did with Morris Pearl, Morris is uh, one of the guys who leads an organization called the Patriotic Millionaires. And he's a really interesting guy to talk to, so uh, stick around for that. Hope you enjoy all this stuff. Sorry, some guy just started yelling. Did you say service or sodas? And I got distracted. This is Brian. Thanks for listening. Pass it around if you like it. Everything we're doing will be up at the Tucson Weekly uh, blog over these four days and then into next week with the Democrat Convention. Check out TucsonWeekly.com, and I will speak with you soon. Enjoy. Be well. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Sitting here speaking with Gail Montani. Can you spell your last name? Yes, M O N T A N I. Gail Montani. I love that name. It's very unique. It's very special. It means mountaineer. It's actually on the state seal of West Virginia. Is that right? Montani Central Libra. Mountaineers always be free. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's fabulous. So I was thinking pretty heavily about the fact that, like, there's this cliche kind of about Trump supporters and about Trump protesters yes. that they're all the same, and they're not. In fact, like both sides have like really big variations in kind of what their thing is. So I'm interested, first of all, like tell me about 
the, the fight you have going with the FDA and you're trying to get them to recognize that, is it galinium? It's called gadolinium. Gadolinium. It's a lanthanide on the periodic table of elements. Um, it's very toxic. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get an MRI or uh, MRI of the heart, which is called an MRA, you often get a dye, and it's a gadolinium-based contrast agent. And this agent, the, the way it's structured, is supposed to protect your body from the toxic gadolinium. Sondos Michelle, S-O-N-D-O-S. My last name is Michelle, M-I-S-H-A-L. Where are you from? Palestine, but I live in Stowe, Ohio, just south of here. I was born in Palestine. I lived there for eight years, and then I moved here, so kind of like half there, half right. here. How old are you? 17. You're still a kid. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. So tell me what happened to you. What's your story? Um, I just, I feel like people kind of look at Muslims differently. Like, they're kind of like these monster terrorists just because Donald Trump is kind of like supporting this view. He's negatively talking about them constantly. And it's affected a lot of Muslims' lives, including mine. I mean, just everyday regular stuff. I... I usually, like, I go study in cafes and such, but now my family has this fear, you know, they hear about all these attacks and it could happen to me. So it's like always keep a buddy by your side, don't be in empty parking lots alone. And that's that's hard for a high schooler to always be under these conditions. I mean, I try because I do have in the back of my mind, like, this could happen to me too. So it just affects our everyday lives. My cousin was actually followed by a guy. She also wears the hijab. So she was followed by a guy for over 40 minutes and he wasn't caught because there wasn't enough information. She was trying to get away. So, yeah, it's just... That's terrifying. Yeah, I, I mean, just these things. And I feel like just being in a public place and seeing someone look at you differently, I, I'm kind of worried for my safety. Like, that could be, like, a, someone who listens to Donald Trump and, like, has really strong negative feelings against me that he could, you know, do something. I mean, usually I don't hang around people that I'm suspicious. You know, I, I only keep a few people around me that I know that like me for me and don't listen to, like, Trump's negative views. But you do notice, like, especially when he got popular, you notice, like, these, like, negative looks for you get from people. Like, you don't belong here or, or you might be a danger to this country, you know. And it, it's kind of terrible. It's a terrible life to live like that because when you're just an ordinary high school, but you have to go through that just because of your beliefs, so... Yeah, and you choose to wear the job. Yeah. And you felt that people look at it now as something like, like dangerous, dangerous or, yeah. or outsider or, yeah. or scary it's, to them or something. It's not like they. Sometimes it's not like you're a normal high schooler. It's like, you know, you're dangerous. Like you're different. You're foreign. You're even if you were born here. Even like I'm an American citizen, but that doesn't mean anything anymore because of Trump. So. Sitting here with Chris Thompson. Looks like you're from Minnesota. I lived in Minnesota for a couple of years. I'm, I'm in Maine now. What do you do? I'm a writer. What kind of stuff? Uh, fiction and nonfiction. Interesting. Okay. What brought you out here? Why did you come all the way out? Um, I live in a neighborhood with a lot of Muslim uh, refugees from Somalia and Iraq, and my wife works with a lot of Muslim refugees. Uh, we're both we we're both involved in Occupy when we were in Minnesota, so we were already were involved in protest politics. But we live with and work with a lot of Muslim people, and Trump's attacks on Muslim people have just really angered us. Do you? Take him seriously as far as like uh, his uh, his prescriptions for what he says are the problems. Do you think he'll do what he actually says he'll do? Or? Uh, 
uh, I can't know whether he really will do what he says he'll do. All I know is what he says. In my opinion, if somebody says they're going to do something bad, you don't sit there and say to yourself, well, maybe they won't. Right. You stop them before they get the chance. Sure. Excuse me. I'm so sorry about that. And if you had your choice between Hillary and Bernie, who would you have chosen? If I had my choice, I would have chosen Bernie, but I don't put a lot of faith in electoral politics anyway. Sure. So what's your plan after this? I mean, he's clearly going to get the nomination. What's next? Next is to keep protesting and resisting until the election happens, and then if he wins, to keep doing so after that. What do you put his chances at? Less than 50-50. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think people are way optimistic. They think it's like 80-20 Hillary. I think it's like 55-45. Yeah, it's still dicey. That's why sure. I'm here. Sure. Well, thank you for talking to me, Chris. I appreciate it. Sure. Have a good day. You too. So glad to talk to you. Okay, wonderful. Sure. Um, first of all, what's your name? Morris Pearl. Well, basically, what we think the problem, well, what we, there is a problem that there's a small number of wealthy people that are using their money to get more political power and using their political power to make more money and more inequality. And that's making America more unequal than it has been in the past. And that's bad for the poor and that's bad for the middle class and it's bad for the wealthy. It's bad for everyone. It's interesting you phrase it bad, bad for the, as bad for the wealthy, because I would agree yes. with you, but I think a lot of wealthy people don't see it that way. Well, I think a lot do. I think the problem is that those few who don't, for instance, people who make their wealth by extracting minerals from the earth, those few don't, and those are the ones who make their views much more known. Sure. It's the, the, the large number of people who kind of don't want more inequality are less vocal than the small number of people who think that more inequality is just great. You know, you see all these signs, I'm an energy voter all over the place. Right. Those are paid for by people who don't care about the middle class, who just want to make money by extracting minerals from the earth. You know, I bet I, I, I would make you a bet. And if, you're, if you are a millionaire, you have a lot more money than I could spend, but I bet you a beer. I would bet you a beer that you and your associate over there are the only two millionaires out here, if you're both millionaires. Well, that could be true. I'm talking about in this, it's, oh, it's in just this, an in square here. Well, it's an interesting divide. When you go to protests, when you go to a square like this at these things, when you go to where the little people are, yeah. they're the little people. And by that I mean, we're divided here in this way too. All of us are out here, right? This middle yeah. class working guy kind of thing. Yeah. And then the people making the decisions are in there behaving like whatever inside the convention. That's the problem, is not that our elected representatives are thinking to themselves, oh, I only want to do what I can do that will get me more bribers or something. No, they're honestly doing what they think is best for America. The problem is they don't hear from most people. They only hear from the people who go to their large-scale fundraisers, sure. who have enough money to have lobbyists go to their offices. That's part of the reason we had to create the patriotic millionaires, is that we could put together some money to hire some staff to do some lobbying, to go talk to these people and tell them, no, actually, your staff is completely wrong. It is not that all the rich people in your district don't like this. The rich people in your district think these progressive proposals are fine. It's that the few people who are complaining, who would take the time and effort to complain to you, are the ones who don't like it. Sure. Hey, let's talk about immigration. Let's talk about immigration. I am the way the truth is alive, and no man is alive. You 
with the signs and the megaphones. So the money is going to be good for the city. So a lot of people in from out of town. Yeah. Right. And you know, we you, we get to showcase our city. So many times, you know, people call Cleveland the mistake by the lake. You oh, know, wow. although that's been, you know, that saying was years and years ago. But, you know, it's, we're trying to change, you know, the downtown area is people living down here now. You got probably about 14, 15,000 people living down here now. So. And they're trying to do things, you know, some of the neighborhoods still need help, but you have like Ohio City and Tremont and, um, you know, downtown here, University Circle, and those neighborhoods have turned around and, you know, it's really good for the city. And eventually it's gonna trickle down to every, you know, every neighborhood, but, you know, it's still a slow process. We still have, uh, you know, we lost a lot of jobs and things like that. So, you know, it's starting to come back slowly but surely. Right. Yeah. For you personally, uh, you're a 
black lady, uh-huh. black American lady. Uh-huh. Trump's been accused of a lot of racism. Yeah. People think Trump is a racist. A lot of people call him a racist. I myself personally think he's a racist because mm-hmm. of what he's said and done. Mm-hmm. What do you think about his like overall message politically speaking in that sense? Are you offended by him being here? I'm not because the way I see Donald Trump is the way he's always been. He's not saying anything different, but I think no one thought he would make it this far. Okay? So the TV people, whatever, just people, period. It doesn't matter whether the media, just everyday people. Everybody just saw him as the Donald, you're fired, you know, that kind of guy that was on that. So now that he's made it, then now everybody is just like, oh my God, we can't have him as a president. Oh my God, he's the GOP, you know, nominee. Really hard to hear her, but this lady was just explaining to a Secret Service guy and a cop that she has a rental car for this whole week. She has enough food for her and her kids. And if she feels like she's in an imminent danger, she's out. Like, she is ready to go. The level of desperation and, like, weird paranoia there is fucking astounding. Yeah. Oh wow, really? That's interesting. Hey, let's go. We are proud to claim the title of the United States Marine. Intended on the heart oh, addiction free? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been about 19 months. Praise wow. God, no masturbation. But I made a vow to God never do it again. That so you have masturbated at the end of the day? 19 months. Wow. That was a vow I made. I'm done forever, man. Interesting. Yeah, but that's the power of God. I mean, I'd, rather, I'd rather never have sex again than go to hell. I mean, I, I just don't want to sin against God. It's too cool. So I'm sitting here talking with Vinny. What are you doing out here? What's What's the deal? Um, we're just showing support. Sure. And uh, there's not enough medical teams that can actually help all the people that are here. There's uh, barricades, and EMS cannot support everything that's going on. So we're here to help the people that have fallen through the cracks of the system. So we're also trying to not tax the EMS system by all the calls that they might get. We're trying to alleviate some of that. Sure. So, like, worst case scenario, somebody gets, like, really badly beat up and injured. You run in, right? Do you first say, don't vote Trump? No, or no. You, no nothing of the sort. Um, right. I would first ask if I was 
able, if I was allowed to treat them, if oh, they were comfortable with me treating them. Sure. And, uh, and then I would see what they were comfortable with sure. as far as me treating. And uh, if they were comfortable with everything, I would do a physical assessment, uh, head to toe, see if there was any head trauma, any back trauma, anything like that, any real need to call 911, or if maybe I could sit with them and, uh, and just and help them slowly. My name's Megan. Megan, what's your last name? Mahisic. Where are you from? I'm from Cleveland. You are? I am. Can you spell your last name? M-E-H-I-C-I-C. Awesome. And uh, what brought you out here? Why are you here? Uh, well, I've been, I saw the sign, but yeah. wait, give me your like, give me the elevator pitch. Sure. Um, you know, anything that Trump seems to stand for, I'm against, and I just felt it was my obligation to come out and support everyone who's out here. Sure. His campaign manager yesterday said that in his speech on Thursday, he's going to harken back to Nixon's speech in '68. <laughs> what do you think about that? Good luck to him. That's all. I send him love. I send him love. Do you think he's going to win? No. But I am a little afraid. Sure. It's all, it's, I'm, just, I'm scared. I'm scared. So that's why I'm here. Do you, I can. do you have any friends who are Trump supporters? No, fortunately not. I think it's really interesting what's going on in that most people are like, you know, Very most people are like that, yeah. Yeah. Like everybody, uh, you know, unfriends people who... Uh, you know, come out for Trump and vice versa with Hillary. And you know, I'm not very political at all. It's just the things that have been said by Trump are so absurd to me that I, the hate that is in that man's heart, I can't stand for it. So that's, again, I'm not really political, but when it comes to some of the things he said and who's what he's against, I have to... I have to just show my support against anyone who's against him. Did you come out alone? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you're that motivated to come out and, and yeah. kind of show your support to... I've never been to a rally. I've not ever felt the need to. But really with him, I feel the need to show what America really is. And I'm one person that can show what that is. So you've always voted probably, but this is the first time you've actually gone to a, a rally event? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, oh, I vote. Yeah. I vote, I stay somewhat up to date, but this is the first time I felt the need to really come out and show what I believe in.